0: Hey everybody, I'm Nick Davis. Welcome to Simply Not Easy, the podcast about simple action steps to improve the journey of your life, as I work to improve the journey of my own. Hey, what's going on everybody? Welcome back to Simply Not Easy. Hope everybody's having a fantastic day out there. Well today being Sunday, Sports Sunday, the last kind of trio, the last third of my leg on the road, getting down to Texas. So as I keep going more south and south, uh, warmer and warmer, I'm gonna get back up to a sport with a cold, cold heart. And so we're talking about hockey today, but not just any position of hockey, we're talking about the hockey goalie. And this was um, inspired by Tuka Rask, the goalie for the Boston Bruins. And they just, uh, again, being a a Boston fan for all, all kind of New England sports, um, especially for basketball and football, but hockey as well for sure, without a doubt. Um, pretty inspirational what the Boston Bruins were able to do and really go on a 4-0 sweep. And a large part of that was due to Tuukka Rask and his amazing goalkeeping abilities. So, as we always do with the great sports Sunday, let's break it down here, right? Let's break down kind of the components of what this position involves, and then how we can best utilize those in the future going forward. So, I mean, it's a crazy unique position that you've gotta be, I mean, hockey in general, but especially as a goalkeeper, you've gotta be trained starting out pretty young along the way because there are certain body characteristics that are actually really important to have for this, especially with the hips. I mean, if you just watching a hockey goalie, they're down in that crouched position all the time. I mean, they're very, very rarely are they standing fully up because they've gotta be ready. And I mean, if you watch the way, yes, they've got tons of bulky pads on them and everything, but watch the way their body moves and that their knees have to basically come to touching the whole time. And, you know, if you, so that requires a ton of internal rotation of the hip. And what happens with that is, you know, your body can, if you just like try and put one leg down, with the knee down like that your body now again me personally i don't even have that range but for some of us we can put our knee down like that in that position and compensate through our upper spine through our lower and mid spine through that and kind of side bend and twist to get it down there but as soon as we get both legs down there there's really not much available for compensation Yet yeah, we can tilt our pelvis just a little bit like the goalies do but once you get both sides locked out, it's really, really hard to compensate at all. The same thing is true for overhead motion. So for when we go overhead with our arms, a little bit less related to the goalie position, but just in general, as a concept, anytime that our arm, let's say our right arm goes all the way above, elevates, our upper thoracic spine, those first two, sometimes three segments have to extend, but they also rotate and side bend to the same direction. So. On the right side, with the right hand going up, those first three thoracic segments extend, and they rotate to the left and side bend to the right. Uh, sorry, they rotate to the right and side bend to the right. Uh, then if we raise just our left hand up, then what they would do is they would extend, and they rotate to the left and side bend to the left. But here's the difference. When they both go up at the same time, the things that are similar in those two are they both extend. But they can't rotate and side bend to both directions, so they cancel each other out. So that's what I mean by kind of locking out in that it's really tight in that area and that it requires full mobility of extension because otherwise you could compensate a little bit through the spinal mechanics of motion. And the reason I'm comparing it this way is because sometimes the shoulder is a little bit easier to understand because we move it around more than our hip in terms of out in space, not necessarily weight bearing on it. And the structure of the hip and the shoulder are fairly similar structures. So again, as we kind of do that deep internal rotation position of the hips to get the knees down. And the reason we get the knees down with those big pads are to be able to actually block the puck, which is the number one concern for the goalie. And so, you know, going forward with that, you don't have the hips internal rotation isn't quite at 90 degrees because of those thick pads. It's probably a little closer to 70 degrees or so of what they require, but still that's considered um, larger than quote unquote normal anatomical range. But that's fine if you start training a young to develop that position. Um, but not everybody might have that. So it can present its challenges for sure. Other things that you need as a goalie for hockey, aside from, um, sorry, aside from the mobility of the hips, which is extremely important, especially as you are kind of flexed forward a lot. Um, is you really need the agility. You need to be able to jump up from that down position to get back up again. And that's on skates too. So you not only need to be really agile, but you need to be agile in and out of positions where you're on the ground in awkward ways. We talked about a similar concept to this when we worked with the soccer keeper for, um, for the soccer goalie or football for the internationals out there. And... The idea that if you jump or you lunge for the ball, you've gotta be able to get back up as fast as you can. And get back up might not necessarily mean always get to your restart position, but get in a position that you can be strong from and to be able to block it again for the rebound. And especially for the NHL, the National Hockey League, these goalies are so, so good. I mean, really, probably only like one out of 10 of the goals that happen are straight on shots the rest of them are ricochets or bounces off or a rebound or a rebound or everything or it's like you know two offensive players coming at one goalie alone and it's really hard to stay on top of all that so these goalies are so so good so it usually is on these rebounds or deflections that most of the goals happen so the reflexes have to be Incredible for these goalies and they have to be able to adjust out of multiple positions to be ready for that rebound because that's what all the offensive players know. They try and set up rebounds intentionally and deflections intentionally just to try and confuse the goalie to slip anything right in there. And so there are generally kind of five, we call them five holes or five spots that the goalie has to work to guard. So it's a pretty small net, but... One and two are above where the arms are, kind of up by the shoulder area and under the crossbar that way. Uh, then three and four are below where the arms are, between the arms and the hips. And the five hole is right in between the legs. So at any time, those are the open positions the goalie's gotta be able to block. Um, and again, the offensive players are trained, they know this, they know how to angle the shots perfectly to try and be as best they can away from where the goalie is. And it's it's cool stuff, man. It's a great sport. I love it. Um, I'm certainly not a goalie in this at all. I have very minimal skating experience. Actually, I just taught myself to skate last winter. Um, got more time on the ice and everything because previously it was let's just say it was not that pretty. But it's fun once you go, man, get the hockey stick in your hand. Um, yeah, like anything, you can be clumsy at first. So then, just the progress of getting that motor learning in learning um, how to be a little bit more proficient time after time. It's a fun feeling to be a part of and then get there with a good crew out there. So highly encourage um, ice skating for anybody, hockey athlete or not, as a form of cross training too, as a form of getting ready for any other sport that you're doing and the benefits that, that kind of motion can supply you in your training and to deload from other stresses currently going on. But, like we said, we need crazy reflexes. We need to be able to get our body in the way to deflect off of that. But we also need to be able to get the um, our big mat to go, uh, grab the puck in air. And then, you know, just like we talked about with the soccer keeper, you've got to be able to call to the team to kind of orchestrate the main defense and the progression along the way. And so, a lot of times when the pucks come, far from the other side you're calling if it's icing or not for your team so they can anticipate your calling um, you're trying to deflect the puck directly to your team well of course still trying to protect the goal so the better that you are as a goalie the more you can kind of extend out of the goal just a little bit just enough to give your team a little bit of that edge to prevent the other team from getting a possession if you're a little shy a little more hesitant you're not as confident getting back in the goal really quickly that can be harder because your team might need you out of the net for just a second to help them stabilize it but of course the primary concern is preventing that puck from getting in the area and so i mean hockey is a fascinating sport it's a very very fast traveling sport Um, and i think it's something that one i'm gonna uh, i'm gonna miss the little bit of cold as i get down here for a texas summer so that kind of made me think about it and huge bruins fan so really appreciate that but it's just a fun sport to work within everything and training. So what I, talking about some of our previous episodes with these primal movement patterns we do, I would train some of the goalies in some plyometric quick explosive movements, getting up from the floor in different positions and working on reflexes and positions that they're not as advantageous in so they can build up that agility and that quickness and again i'd work with them doing a lot of explosive type movements that at the end you know it's one thing to have a goalie you know train and do things well when they're rested for agility work but what if you know you got them in the gym doing a lot of lifts you got them banging out some clean and jerk explosive movements some snatches snatches are perfect literally like snatching up the puck um, I do it in a modified way where I wouldn't just be with a full bar, but I would be at a much lighter weight, even a slightly less emphasis on the legs, but still explosive through the legs, other than a single hand, either kettlebell or dumbbell snatch. And you could actually work to modify the, you know, a strict snatch is a certain angle and degree for unilateral, but you can modify it, kind of the overhead position by five degrees here and there to get them strong and stable in different positions trying to pop out and stabilize through there. And then once they're all tired working through a workout circuit of fast intensity, that's when you get another portion of the training in for them where they're already fatigued. Because it's one thing to perform well and great when you're well rested, it's the start of the game. But that's often not when mistakes happen. That might be when mistakes happen if you're not mentally with it or if you're not warmed up right. But mistakes happen when you're fatigued. So let's get to fatigue, let's train your body to be able to last longer from fatigue other uh, then once you are at that point, let's go ahead and train yourself so you get used to that fatigue and you can still perform well with that. Instance. In two miles, take the William H. Nature Green River Parkway, Kentucky 9007 North Exit toward Bowling Green, Owensboro. And for all of you out there, apparently I forgot to turn off the volume on my GPS. So uh, yeah, we're chilling, Kentucky. All right, everybody. Thanks for joining. Sorry I couldn't make that save of the GPS turn back on. So before she starts yapping again, have a great day, simply not easy.